it's your pals Cameron and Crystal. Uh, this is a special bonus episode because the way we did this podcast is we recorded episodes two, three, and four before episode one went up. So what this means is that for those episodes, we didn't really have any listener questions to answer. It was kind of poor planning on my part, but to try to address that a little bit, I'm going to do this bonus mailbag episode. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this on July 18th, right before recording our Ocarina episode tomorrow. Uh, so the first episode that will have questions in the actual episode is episode 5 for Link's Awakening. That will go up on September 2nd. So as long as you keep sending stuff in, we're going to use these mailbag episodes to respond to anything you send in. So if you want to send any kind of questions or corrections or comments... You can send that to Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com or at Arcane Crystal on Twitter. And we really appreciate anything you do send in. We like answering questions. We like responding to anything you have to say. We love it. So, Cameron, why don't you start us off with a question? I uh, see here. This question comes from Sets the Bed. Why do I suck at playing the ocarina? I don't know, man. Well, I mean, it, it kind of depends on what, what the question here is in particular. You know, um, back in the early 2000s, my brother, who's a fair bit younger than I am, ended up buying one of those little clay ocarinas that looks like the Ocarina of Time. Never got any good at it, though, because he didn't practice enough. So if your question is about a real ocarina, it's because you're not practicing enough. Practice is always going to be the most important element for being good at any instrument, and if you don't practice, it won't work. As for the in-game ocarina, it's... It's not that hard to play, just press the buttons. What if they're trying to do, like, the Simpsons theme on it? Okay, if you're trying to do an original theme, then that might be... A, that might take a little experimentation, but otherwise, they give you the notes. Just press the buttons. Yeah. Well, I, you know, in point of fact, I did actually have trouble remembering what the songs were when I played through it on 3DS, because the way that the buttons are mapped on the Ocarina don't quite correlate to the way they were mapped on the N64. Yeah, that messed me up too. Oh, I could I can still from muscle memory play every single Ocarina song on the N64 controller. Like I don't know, I must have played uh right A down, right A down 10,000 times, but I could not tell you right this second how to play that on the 3DS. Yeah, I never got the muscle memory down, but I did write them all in the back of the manual, so I wouldn't have to keep checking the menu. That's a good way to do it. You ever played that uh, secret 13th Scarecrow song? 13th Scarecrow song? Do you mean the one that you can use to summon the Scarecrow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a secret. It is a secret. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I set that up with some really nonsense uh set of notes that I could still remember because it was just pressing them in a certain sequence that made sense in my head because it formed a shape. But I never... I, I don't know nothing about no music, so I couldn't make no actual songs with it. And I think when I played the 3DS version, it was just like, a a a a a a I think they're gonna bring music back in Zelda. They haven't done it in a little bit. Now, you mean music as, like, you play an instrument? Yes. Yeah, I guess it's been six or seven years now. And if you don't count the harp, then it's been quite a bit longer, actually. Probably, no, not that much longer, since Spirit Tracks, really. Yeah, both the harp and the wolf whistle are kind of, um... I don't know that I would count them. Yeah. This next one's yours to read. 
Yeah, th- I'm going to con- kind of combine this with another one. Oh, no. This one's from Daniel. He asks, does Tingle fuck? And another one from Polly. Does the windfish fuck? Uh, uh, the answer to both of these questions is no. There's no sex in the Zelda universe. You want to take the next question? This is from Luke. And do you think there's any connection between the further regions of the map in Zelda 2 and the new world of Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks? Oh, Cameron, there are many people who are much smarter than us who have tried and failed to make connections between the geography of the Zelda games. Okay. Well, I mean, I've always thought that geographical... Like, most of the time when you see geographical things come up, it's just in timeline arguments, right? Right. Geographical arguments have always seemed some of the most specious to me, because it's the set that is most likely to bow down to game design. Yeah, they absolutely do not design geography based on lore. Now, what do you think Luke is referring to here with the further regions of the map in Zelda 2? I think he's just talking about outside of the little kingdom of Hyrule that was Zelda 1, which we have established is probably just like a special area set up by the king to hold the Triforce. That makes sense. Um, you know, I, I actually had... This, this question sort of reminds me of uh, going and looking out, going to the edge of the map in Breath of the Wild and looking out past it, because there's nothing out there, right? Right. But at the same time, there sort of is. You can see these big swaths of land or sea that seem like they extend out forever, and you can't go out there with them. You can't meaningfully interact with them. But looking out there, it kind of makes you wonder. It gives the impression that the world is bigger than it actually is, and that's something that I really like. But Spirit Tracks, to me, seems like it would be so far removed from where Hyrule is that it might as well be on the opposite side of the planet. So I guess the answer is no. New Hyrule doesn't feel like Spain to New York. It kind of feels more like India to the Horn of Africa. Oh, so you think they're that close together? I think you could potentially even travel by land there. If huh. you found the right route. So if Maladus from Spirit Tracks did end up going on a rampage at just the wrong time and headed in just the wrong direction, he could slam right into Ganon. Well, I think the Demon Tribe tends to kind of stay in their own territory. You don't hear of Ganon invading other lands or vice versa. Ganon's very focused. Yeah, I suppose so. That makes sense. Should we move on to the next question? Yeah, I'm going to put this as I have no idea. I mean, yeah, well, okay. Zelda 2 is still pretty firmly in Hyrule. Oh, yeah. It's not ever referred to as a different kingdom. Yeah. Whereas uh, New Hyrule very clearly has its own history and mythology that is uh, separate from Hyrule. In fact, at this point, I'd probably argue that Zelda 2 takes place within a relatively, not small, but a discrete chunk of the Breath of the Wild version of Hyrule. Really? Where would you place it? Around the middle-ish. Parts of Hyrule Field, uh... Also, Death Mountain. Different parts. Anyway, geography is not a good indicator of anything in these stupid games. Right. That's it. That's all I got. I guess it's kind of interesting that Zelda 2 is mostly... It's it's aquatic, with islands being at least half of the landmass. Really? Yeah. I mean, let me link you to this map. Oh, hey. It's a nice little map. Wow, you're, you're not kidding. These are... Definitely just mountain, or definitely just islands. Hell, one of them looks almost like the labyrinths. Yep, that could be that one labyrinth island. Huh. 
Huh. Interesting. Perhaps it is after some kind of flood. No. Maybe the waters have then receded back a little bit. Uh-huh. Well, when do you want to have that timeline discussion? You want, you want to do it now? Hell no. I really want to hear your your cockamamie timeline theory. Cockamamie? Well, it contradicts the canon. There is no canon! That's true. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Canon's a bullshit idea made up by corporations. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. If you could, like, use the Triforce to wish a world with its own Triforce that's close enough to the real thing to fool Ganon, but it doesn't have anyone in it for Ganon to hurt, would that work? Oh, you mean Lowrule? Ugh. No. Everybody in Lowrule developed consciousness. Okay, so to answer your question, Luke, probably no connection between Zelda 2 and New Hyrule. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably agree with that too. Oh boy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This, this next one's for you to read. Okay. This is from Miria. Are Lowrule and the Dark World related? <sighs> What's your take on this, Crystal? Zelda has a lot of alternate worlds. You want to count them off? Uh, sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, so there's there's the dark world, which is a corrupted sacred realm. Yeah. There's there's Termina. Mm-hmm. There's Kolonitz Islands. Yeah. Um. There's Lorul. Yeah. There's the world of the Ocean King. Yes. Um. The Twilight Realm. Yes, the Twilight Realm, of course. Um. I don't want to count Holodrum and Labrina because those are in the same dimension as Hyrule. Are they? That's what I assume is that you could physically go there. Okay, I'll, I'll find out when I get there. I j- I, I've just never been able to quite make the connection because Link is flung there by the Triforce, so it wouldn't matter whether they're connected or not. Right, but then Zelda also travels there. Uh, yeah. Physically. And Link also travels back by boat. Oh, okay. Strike to Koholint. Yes. Right. Did we get all of them? I think that's all of them. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily all of them, but it's close. To, well, I mean, the Silent Realms in Skyward Sword are kind of a parallel spiritual dimension. Sure. Um, let's see. You want to talk about different timelines, too? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, there's several different timelines. Uh, what are all the games of time travel? There's there's Ocarina, uh-huh. Majora's Mask, Oracle yep. of Ages, and Oracle of Seasons, uh, Skyward Sword. Uh-huh. Zelda 1 was originally going to have time travel. Didn't in the end, though. Did not in the end. So we got a lot of parallel worlds. Yeah. So what? what's your take on Lowrule and the Dark World? They are clearly related thematically in the real world as a sequel to A Link to the Past. It's basically a remake of the Dark World is Lowrule. But I don't think they are related in the lore. So you don't think that Lowrule is like the leftovers of the Dark World? What was the what 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 the hell did they mean for us to interpret that as? I think it's just another alternate dimension with its own Triforce. Sure, yeah, why not? A shadow cast by the Triforce. If they had just said that, I would have gone, oh, okay, sure. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but that's enough of hand wavy bullshit that I can just take it. But instead, you've got this whole world that's just like it is so visually precisely reminiscent of the dark world that it's difficult to interpret it as being anything else my senses demand that i think of it as the same place that i ran around in and link to the past well how how would you think that would work because the implication at the end of link to the past seems to be that the dark world goes back to being the sacred realm see i've thought that in 
linked to the past, the dark world just ceased to exist. Then where's the sacred realm? Gone! Where'd the Triforce go? Hyrule. I mean, that's when the royal family starts acting as the actual guardians of the Triforce. So the sacred realm's gone? There's nothing in it anymore? It, there's no realm for things to be in. That's how I seize it. Where's Rauru? Uh, I imagine he's been dead for hundreds of years. Okay, hold on. At the end of the link between worlds, you straight up go to the sacred realm, and the Triforce is there. Is that what happens? Yeah. Do you know? Yes. Lorul also has its own separate sacred realm. No, sh- shut up. You're making that shit up. There's two sacred realms. You're messing with me because I haven't played this game in like three years, and you're making shit up, and I don't know if I can stand for this. There's two sacred realms. I thought you respected me more than this. So does Lorul have its own goddesses? No. Maybe? No, this is... No. No. Why not? Because the entire thing about it is that the the Triforce of Lorul is literally a shadow cast by the actual Triforce, right? Just like everyone in Lorul is a shadow cast by the people of Hyrule. Okay, fair enough. So, I think it might be accurate to... Okay, Okay, this is my lore bullshit mode, and I'm going to go in on this for real. So the reason that Lorul and the Dark World are so similar is that the Sacred Realm itself was like a source of light which cast radiance upon Hyrule, at least in the Link Between Worlds version of the cosmology, which I think we can both agree is considerably different from the Link to the Past version of it. So the Sacred Realm casts the light and... Hyrule is what the light is cast upon. And the Dark World is a shadow version of that. Lorul is literally the shadow cast by Hyrule. So even with the Dark World gone, Lorul is going to be very similar to Hyrule. But instead of having actual people from Hyrule in it, there are shadow people derived from the people of Hyrule. Like Hilda is herself derived from Zelda both thematically and literally. But could it not go the other way around, where Zelda is derived from Hilda? How would that work? Well, I don't know, because we are presented with a pretty biased view of the cosmology. Where the Triforce itself is supreme? Where High Rule is the main world, and Low Rule is the copy. The people of Low Rule seem to believe the same thing. Do they? I mean, they try to steal the Triforce for a reason. Well, that's because their own got blown up. Yeah, it's weird how that works, too, because I don't think you can actually, like, destroy the Triforce in the regular cosmology, but maybe nobody's ever tried. If it's just a shadow, then you just put light on it. So you're saying they should wish Lorul away? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's how you blow up the shadow Triforce. How do you do that from inside Lorul? You get a flashlight. Oh. Oh, I see what you're doing. I'm, yeah, I'm talking if it's a shadow, Okay. you get rid of a shadow. You're, tar- you're taking my figurative language and you're turning it around on me. I don't see why it's so hard for you to accept that Lorule has its own sacred realm and its own termina and oh. its own holodrum and labrina and its own new Hyrule and its own twilight realm and its own midna. Are you just going to keep going? I mean, why is that so hard for you to accept? Just because it looks like the Dark World? I don't know why. Okay, how about this? How about this? What if the Dark World looks like Low Rule? What if Ganon based the Dark World on Low Rule? Where did you read this? I made it up just now. Oh, are you sure? Uh-huh. Cause... Why, does it sound familiar? It actually does. Really? Yeah, it does. Where did you read it? I've never stopped trawling Zelda fan forums 
I mean, I do it a lot more rarely now, but people's fan theories are still more or less exactly in the same place they were over a decade ago, and that you read them and you go, what the hell are they thinking? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's insane! And it goes back and forth like that. But yeah, I've heard something very similar to that. I've also heard people argue that the giant... Uh, I think this came up at some point in a discussion that you and I were both uh, adjacent to. Uh, people arguing that the massive swaths of broken land in low rule may be related to the same giant chasms in high rule from twilight princess maybe or something but there isn't really any evidence for that there isn't any evidence for the idea that low rule is more than we see neither literally nor figuratively but there isn't any evidence that it's not you know that's not how evidence works in lore discussions or in anything really you can't get negative evidence of something. Uh, yeah, I think they're not related. You think they are? Uh, thematically, yes. Literally, I don't know. It's kind of stupid. It's not stupid. Okay, not stupid. I don't know. I think that they didn't think... Of, it wasn't designed for lore discussions. But, like, the whole thing you're hanging your hat on here is that low rule and the dark world look alike. Oh, they so look alike. They've even got those same horrible flytrap monsters with the little feet. I hate those guys. And I agree. They look alike. They may even be in-universe based on each other in some way. But I think there are simpler ways to explain that than to say they're one and the same. I think that probably my original interpretation of Low Rule, like the simplest one, was that over time, the, the Dark World was actually left behind. And that over time, life sprang up there. I could maybe see that. And that's like that's the simplest explanation that I ever came up with for what low rule is. It's literally the dark world trying to be more than itself. How do they make their own Triforce? I'm assuming that it's literally just a shadow cast by the Triforce and it was never actually the real thing. And that would actually make a little bit of sense to me because the dark world, the sacred realm, is sort of held in place by the Triforce, right? Right. It was the original home of the Triforce. Uh, it spent way more time there than in Hyrule. We actually don't know that, but that might be worth discussing in the Skyward Sword episode. Oh, fine, we'll talk about it now. We know that Hylia is the one who hid the Triforce in the Sacred Realm in the first place. Right. Before that, it was not there. Mm -hmm. So we don't know how long history goes back before that. So we can't say definitively where the Triforce rested originally, save through legends that we know aren't actually, like, uh, trustworthy. But you could say that it's been there long enough that it's made some sort of imprints. Oh yeah, definitely. That is, is intrinsically connected to the Triforce in some way. Yes. Yes, I think that's that would be a pretty good reading of Low Rule, I think. That the left-behind impression of the Triforce is what changes it from being an empty void into something akin to what it was before, into almost a sacred realm. And then when its influence is removed, it reverts back to something very much like the Dark World. Or you could also say that, so in A Link to the Past, they had not quite established the concept of the three characters each have their own piece of Triforce. It was Ganon had the whole Triforce, and then Link had the whole Triforce. Right. But then the Link Between Worlds, they do take that concept of Ocarina, 
of Link has courage, Ganon has power, and Zelda has wisdom. So now that the Triforce have kind of imprinted on these individuals, the shadow cast by the Triforce also creates individuals. Huh. I kind of like that idea. In conclusion, Miria, maybe? Maybe. You want to take the next one, Cam? <laughs> I think maybe I do. This is from Jasmine Marsh. And do you have any head cannons that directly contradict the lore on kind of gross points? E.g. Gerudo sexism, racism. Yeah? Uh, honestly, I don't even think of them as head cannons as such. Because, like, head cannons are things that you believe without them necessarily being rooted in the text. But I'm so conceited that I like to think that everything I think about the series is rooted in the text on some level. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't think of a ton of them off the top of my head. I haven't actually got good answers for early Gerudo racism or anything, but yeah, definitely. What, 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 what kind of thing have you got, Crystal? Link's a girl. That's a good start. A strong beginning. Yeah, but as far as the Gerudo go, I just kind of take them as they are, as gross as they may be. That's just part of the series, you know. Take it with the good and the bad. I mean, like, there's parts of me... There's parts of the Gerudo that I find very interesting in their own way. Oh, definitely. Like, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with Ocarina of Time Ganondorf and try to figure out what masculinity looks like from the perspective of society that has no concrete concept of it for decades at a time. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. It's, it's like they create this space in the lore that's much more interesting than what the lore can do with it. And this is actually part of my timeline theory, that there does not seem to be any Gerudo kings in Breath of the Wild. Like, they just don't exist anymore. Definitely not. Definitely not. Well, the last one ever died. Actually? That's just the thing. I'm not sure that he was... Regardless, uh, well, Lara Kate Dale wrote out an article a few months back where she talked about her reading of gender in Breath of the Wild. Oh, yes, I've read this. Yeah, and I liked it quite a bit because it reads a little bit like somebody taking the text and reclaiming the meaning of it for more constructive purposes. Uh, basically, the long and short of it is that the reason that a male-only clothing shop exists in Gerudo Town, where it's illegal to sell that sort of thing, is because some Gerudo are men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about this on the first episode. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought we did. And I've always liked that. I, I, I know that that's not as firmly rooted in the canon as most of the things that we talk about. And it is also sort of papering over the issues that take place there. But I, I've, I've always liked that reading. That's, that's something that... It doesn't make me feel better about the game itself, so to speak... But it, it's such a nice idea that it's hard to get away from. Yeah, that's what, you know, headcanons are for, or readings, as it were. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, something else kind of like that later on from a listener that is like, you know, it's a fun read, but I'm not going to say this is part of the canon necessarily. Right. Certainly not that Nintendo intended it. Yeah. So when sort of judging the parts of the series, I will have these little headcanons for fun, but... I'm not going to use that to sort of excuse anything in the series, you know? I would take Alnima to task, or whoever is responsible, to task over specific sections, while my personal experience would be shaped a little bit differently than what I would talk about. Okay, let's move on to that next question. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a good one. It's from Jacob. 
two-parter. One, did you subscribe to One Link Theory? Two, if so, how long did it take to admit to yourself that there were multiple links? Mm. In the interest of full disclosure, I stubbornly held on until Wind Waker. And even then, I was only willing to admit there were two links. Hmm. Okay, here's the thing, Cam. The One Link people are delusional, and they always were. Yeah. Link to the Past is explicitly a prequel starring a different Link and Zelda. And Ocarina of Time is explicitly a prequel to that from hundreds and hundreds of years before. Yep. And, uh, no, like, full disclosure, my first Zelda game was Ocarina of Time. Everything I knew about the other Zelda games after playing that, I knew from reading about it. And I would read the lore, and i go, oh, okay, so these aren't the same guy for obvious reasons, because in Link to the Past, this Link has an uncle, but in Ocarina of Time, he has a mom who died delivering him to the Deku Tree, and none of these things would fit together otherwise. Not to mention they would all have to take place over, like, five years. Oh, man. Like, by the end of the first Zelda game, Link's 30-something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, uh... No, I never subscribed to the One Link theory. I, I did argue with a lot of people about the One Link theory, and Jacob hit the nail on the head here in that Wind Waker is what really killed the single Link theory for the last holdouts of it. Because they explicitly say he's not the hero of time. Right. But the interesting thing about that is that at the same time that everybody was forced to go, okay, I guess there's more than one Link, the rest of us were going, oh my god, there's multiple timelines. And it's like, that. it wasn't, the ending of Ocarina of Time didn't mean nothing to the rest of us. We just thought, okay, so the game continues from the past and the future basically never happens because Link goes to Zelda and he changes it. And then you read Wind Waker and it's like, no, the future does happen and it's bad. Even Wind Waker did not, well, Anuma said it did, but just looking at the text, it did not necessarily firmly, firmly establish two timelines because there were still people who thought, oh, Link didn't appear because he was in Termina. Um, yeah, but Ganon wasn't sealed away in the child timeline. At least that was the theory at the time. Like, for, for my particular corner of the Zelda fandom, this was like a hard, okay, there's two timelines now. We have to figure out how this shit works. I want to say that some of the King's dialogue was written in a way that kind of did imply the Terminate thing. Really? I don't... Huh, do you want to take or a second? Or at least it wasn't, it wasn't explicitly like, oh, he's in a different timeline. I see. Well, most of the, oh, it's a different timeline thing comes from the very opening of the game. Right. Where it's like, okay, they sealed Ganon away, and then Ganon returns, and everybody's waiting for the Hero of Time, but the Hero of Time does not appear. Now, see, the thing about that is, the people in the child timeline don't know who the Hero of Time is. Right. It's only the adult timeline where that happens. Which means Wind Waker has to take place on the adult timeline. Well, we never, even now, we don't really have a great idea of what happened after Link went back. We know he probably told Zelda about the future and then Ganon got uh, arrested, but it could have gone down in any number of ways. I, I think that there's actually quite a bit more to it than that that we can infer from different environmental clues throughout Twilight Princess, particularly where the Hero of Time lies at rest. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's... It, 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 Wind Waker killed the single link theory at the same time that it gave birth to the multiple timeline theory. Because before that, I don't think many people entertained the idea of multiple timelines too much. Yeah, there was no reason to. Yeah, everything everything still lined up kind of nicely. Though I will give Jacob credit here in that I do remember there was a period 
back around 2000 to 2002, somewhere in there, where Zelda.com actually had a timeline on it that basically espoused the one link thing. Why did they do that? Because whoever wrote it didn't know the lore. Okay, I found the King dialogue in Wind Waker that I was talking about. Lay it on me. This is uh, when you're outside the Tower of the Gods. Okay. Link, do you know the legend of the Hero of Time? Once long ago, he defeated Ganon and brought peace to the Kingdom of Hyrule. A piece of the Triforce was given to the Hero of Time, and he kept it safe, much as Zelda kept hers. That sacred piece is known as the Triforce of Courage. When the Hero of Time was called to embark on another journey and left the land of Hyrule, he was separated from the elements that made him a hero. It is said that at that time, the Triforce of Courage was split into eight shards and hidden throughout the land. See, I read that as being uh, Link going back in time. I mean, definitely with the context we have now, that would be the way to read it. But as written in 2002-2003, I can easily see that being interpreted to refer to Termina. Mm, I think that when I was 15, I would have argued the point, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Okay, well, thank you for writing in, Jacob, and thank you for your honesty. It takes a very strong will to admit that you used to subscribe to the single link theory. So the next one is from Jared Wayne. How can Zelda go back in time when pulling out the Master Blade in Hyrule Castle? Now, just to put some more context here, this is Hyrule, H-I-G-H-R-U-L-E. Now, I believe that Jared is referring to the events of Ocarina of Time when Link pulls out the sword and goes back in time. Or, no, that's when he puts it back in and goes back in time. Right. This is a very carefully crafted question so that everything is literally the opposite of what it should be. I feel like you might be Jared Wayne. I'm not Jared Wayne. Are you sure? Yes. If I go to Jared Wayne's account and peel back the wallpaper, it won't say crystal underneath. No, it will not. Okay. I'm just making sure. because it's... The answer is the Master Sword is magic, and it's keyed to that particular point in time. Yeah, it's an anchor in reality, and... Huh. Yeah, that's pretty much it. An anchor. Next one is from Joel. Why is it considered... The Legend of Zelda, when in many stories, she's not an active part of the adventure, and almost never the focus. Well, the alternative here would be the Hyrule fantasy, right? Right. Like, some people say, oh, The Legend of Link, but that sounds silly. Well, so the real answer is Miyamoto <laughs> wanted to call it The Legend of Something, and then a co-worker told him about Zelda Fitzgerald. He was like, that's a cool name, why don't I call it The Legend of Zelda? Yeah. And it's a cool name. But it was originally called the Hyrule Fantasy subtitle The Legend of Zelda. Right. So why'd they go with one name and not the other? I guess they figured that The Legend of Zelda sounded better over time. But what the question is really getting at is why would they continue to call it that when Zelda herself is not the protagonist, effectively? Well, you can't just change the title. Super can. When does that happen? Not very often. Yeah. You're not going to give up your brand name. Well, I mean, like, that's that's not really the reason that's being gone for here. I think that to some degree, the series has sort of grown into its name. 
where ever since Ocarina of Time, Zelda's had a lot more of an active part in the story and a lot more agency. And she's become a lot more plot critical, as it were, rather than just being a damsel to be rescued from Ganon. But even then, that only applies to, like, three games. Ah, uh, for Spirit Tracks. Seven. Okay, Spirit Tracks, Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild. Ocarina. Ocarina, Wind Waker, not Twilight Princess. Not Twilight Princess, no. Midna takes the role in that game. So it was at five? Yeah, it's like five. Out of 19? I, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it it's a work in progress, I guess. I mean, the other reason they call it The Legend of Zelda is because that's the name of the heroic protagonist. All right, who pulls the Master Sword, or no, sorry, the Master Blade at Hyrule Castle to go back in time. Yeah, to save the princess. Unnamed. No, her name's Zelda too. Oh. Sometimes people have the same name. It's a thing that happens. I don't. I don't know that that's true, but I'll. I'll take your word for it. Why don't people ever have the same name in stories? Well, I mean, there's um, your name, and then your name, Goro from Majora's Mask. Okay. And then Darunia's son, your name. Right. But are those the only ones I can think of in Zelda who have the same name? Those are both Gorons. Yeah. What? What? What does that mean? I don't know. It's just weird that they're both Gorons. Yeah. I don't know. Why are they called? It, I guess it's more just the brand, but it, it is sort of growing into the title over time. I hope that we do get some, like, you could make a good argument that Zelda had the strongest character focus in Breath of the Wild, and that in a lot of ways she was the protagonist of the overarching plot of which the game was only the last third. I would say that. So it... I think that it's sort of trying... The, the games are sort of trying to deserve the name at this point, but before that, it was just branding. Yeah, okay. I guess that's the answer to that question. Yeah. This is also from Jasmine Marsh. Which Link traveled to Sabrosia, uh, the oracles? What was the... Uh, okay. And did she realize how much it echoed a dream of a fish at the time? Sabrosia is the underground world that's under a holodrum, which is the world of seasons. Okay, and what was the world in ages? Labrina. Labrina. And did it have a subworld? It did not. Okay. Which Link traveled to Sabrosia? Uh, well, that would be the Link from Link to the Past. There's some official dispute over that, but yeah, let's say that. Why is there official official dispute? Because that new encyclopedia put oracles after Link's Awakening with a different Link. What? Well, which Link is it supposed to be? It's a different Link. It's just like a new Link. Yeah, it's, it's the own Link. The the one Link, the, this is that Link's only adventure. Yeah, kind of like the Four Swords Link. Oh, oh, well, that seems like an unnecessary bit of thing when it's so clear from playing the Oracle games that they're supposed to bridge Link to the Past and Link's Awakening. I mean, let's just let's just go with the Hyrule Historia timeline for now. Okay, yeah, the Hyrule Historia timeline works fine here. Though, again, I reject the idea of any official timeline as being necessary to hold to when having canon discussions. It's just a way to be lazy about your timeline theories. But yeah, yeah, I'm going to say that's the Link to the Past Link. It's set up so simply that you start off in a Hyrule that has the Triforce in it, and at the end you sail away on a little raft. Yep, that was generally the most accepted place for the oracles pre-Hyrule Historia. Yeah, I mean, it's, did she realize how much it echoed a dream of a fish at the time? Well, those games are spiritual successors to Link's Awakening. The windfish isn't a fish, though. Yeah, it is. It's a whale. Whales are fish. Are you quoting Moby Dick? No. 
Oh. We're not talking about Metal Gear. There's an entire chapter... Oh, my fucking God. Okay. She asked how much it echoed the dream. No, see, um, I think that Link's Awakening happens after the Oracle game, so if anything, it would be the other way around. Like, Link shows up in Koholint and goes, Wow, this is an awful lot like those two places that I was just in simultaneously. So you do think it is somewhat based on his adventures in the Oracles? I haven't played through the Oracle games, but I mean, based on what we were ta- what we end up talking about in the Link's Awakening episode, uh, what, six weeks from when this airs? Yeah, I- I'm going to say that Link's dream does affect that. Right down to having similar graphical styles and control scheme. No. no. Well, why not? Because those aren't existing in canon except when everyone talks about them okay yeah sure yeah 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 yeah, zelda's not shy about breaking the fourth wall it doesn't believe in fourth walls fourth walls are for losers one might say that the triforce is the computer chip of whatever platform you're playing on or one might not i'm gonna go with that one for right now so then okay so okay hyrule is the top screen and low rule is the bottom screen so everything exists on a DS or 3DS. Well, no, because it's only in that game. But, yeah, no, the bottom screen was for, like, your map and your inventory, wasn't it? Yeah, but I'm, well, they don't have, okay, this doesn't work because they don't have separate CPUs. And then, and then you see the top screen and low rules on the top screen. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, it can't be. Okay. So it was the link from A Link to the Past. Yeah. And I don't know that she realized how much it echoed the dream of a fish, but the developers sure did. They super did. I, fi- I feel like we're falling apart, Crystal. Yeah, let's move on to the next question. Then. I feel like you and I were just like getting tattered around the edges. This is from uh, Steven Kolotatu. Hope I pronounced that right. Since aspects of Mario appear in Link's Awakening, does that mean Mario Kart 8 is a dream created by the windfish as well, since Link's there? I'm glad you asked this question, Steven. We talked about this a little bit on Link's Awakening episode. How Kirby's Dreamland and the Windfish's Dream and Subcon are all in the same shared dream universe. Yeah, so then Mario Kart is like, it's like a lucid dream. They go in there and they have fun karting with each other. I wouldn't call it a lucid dream, no. Because in the Mario canon, and you can look this up, this is true, run the numbers. In the Mario canon... All the mainline Mario games are basically disconnected stories that can be played in any order you want without changing your understanding of them too much. And the reason that that works is that the Mario characters are actors who play these roles over and over in different capacities. And Mario Kart is one of the few series where you just see them as they are. That in the sports titles where they just hang out and they have races and they play games and they just have a grand old time. If we accept that these people are actors, because they are. I mean, Peach and Bowser have been married for a long time. Um, Mario Kart 8 having Link in it is interesting because it implies that in the Mario universe, the Legend of Zelda exists, possibly from cross-pollination with Subcon through Dreams. So somebody in Mario's world got the idea for The Legend of Zelda, and the Link that we see in Mario Kart 8 is the actor who plays Link in that universe's version of The Legend of Zelda stories. Oh, okay. It's like an Earth Prime DC universe kind of thing. Uh, kinda, but even dumber. 
Though, okay, what about the Animal Crossings and the Inklings? Uh, the Inklings come back through time travel. Okay. And Animal Crossing takes place on a continent that's far away from the Mushroom Kingdom. The actual Mushroom Kingdom, not the pretend Mushroom Kingdom. I mean the actual Mushroom Kingdom that has like anti-grav technology and giant go-kart courses that are the size of small cities. And they exist in the same space, so to speak. They're on the same planet. There's just removed by geography. And probably all the guys in Animal Crossing uh, play Mario games because Mario games exist in the Mario universe. I guess this all makes sense. This holds up. Did you play uh, Animal Crossing on the GameCube? I did not, know. Okay. One of the things about Animal Crossing on the GameCube is that you could get a lot of NES titles, like the full versions of them, and play them in Animal Crossing. Including Mario. Including Mario. Okay, so Mario games do exist in Animal Crossing. And so do Zelda games. Yeah, because there's Majora's Mask and stuff. Right. So, that's it. Is there Star Fox and F-Zero and Metroid in there? Um, Because those are all in the same universe. I think that Metroid actually might be in Animal Crossing, but I don't actually remember. Now, this isn't to say that Zelda isn't real in relation to the Mario canon. It just means that through dreams, the idea of Zelda has been sprinkled throughout the Mario universe. So they have games that look a lot like the Zelda games that we play, it's just that they were inspired by dreams that touched the windfish. Just as the windfish had subcon leak into it so that there were chain chomps on coholnits. And wart. And wart. Yeah. And the painting in Ocarina was uh, from a king's dream. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Oh, man. Thank you for giving that, me that out. I was dreading you bringing that up on the Ocarina episode. Yeah, I don't know. It's not that complicated. It could, just, <laughs> it could just be a painting of, you know, uh, Talon in costume as his cousin from New York. <laughs> yeah. It's my cousin Vinny. Okay. Hey, Cameron? Yeah? This question's from uh, Leader Cassandra. Okay. Is it the Windfish's dream or Link's dream? And this in response to your post about getting questions for Link's Awakening. Yes. Okay. So, uh, spoilers for the Link's Awakening episode. It's both. Yep. It uh, draws elements from Link's experience that are really concrete. Like, you get a Ghanim, you get Ganon, you get Zelda, essentially. Various other things that are apparently drawn from Holodrum and Laverna and all kinds of places. But the Windfish's Dream did exist before Link got there. It just changed in response to his presence. Yep. And, uh... He dreamed of Mario. One of them dreamed. I guess it was probably... Okay, I got it. So Terran is the Windfish's dream of Mario. And Marin is Link's dream of Zelda. And they almost have the same name, but not quite. I thought Terran was Link's uncle. I don't know that. You said that. In Six Weeks in the Future? Yeah, you said that in Six Weeks in the Future. Oh. Yeah, that makes good sense, too. It can be both. Because let's get real. Link's uncle would not have just sat around tripping on mushrooms and turning into a raccoon. I mean, why not? He was a very serious-minded man who had to go off and get himself killed. Yeah, I was going to say, how'd that work out for him? Poorly. Maybe he's dreaming of what if his uncle had not tried to be a hero and lived a happy life. Well, I mean, he did live a happy life anyway, because Link brought him back with the Triforce. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everything is solved in the end. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many people, how many human beings 
that Link kills. It's a lot. human beings in that game. Oh, Crystal didn't realize that Link murdered human beings in Link to the Past. Yeah. It's like he hits them so hard they just explode. Oh, that's good stuff. It's from Kay Hirsch. Uh, is this game a metaphor for Link's sexual slash gender awakening and coming to terms with her true identity as a trans lesbian? The nightmares are a judging society and the self-doubt and toxic masculinity it has instilled in her, trying to repress and scare her. They threaten her with physical slash mental harm and tell her that her efforts to awaken herself will result in the destruction of the island. The island represents her previous perception of herself and how society views her. It's safe, but it isn't real. It's just an illusion. This island of her supposed cis identity is just a way for darkness slash society to control her and keep her trapped in something fake. And so, while it is a hard internal journey, she presses on, overcoming self-doubt and fear of how society will see and treat her. She literally ends her journey by using the instruments, newfound knowledge about herself and the world, to literally wake up an egg. I couldn't have come up with a more blatant trans girl metaphor if I tried. While the fake island does disappear, her and the windfish are freed. It is only natural that the dream society forces on you should end once you awaken. It's only a natural part of life and completely okay. When she wakes up, the windfish is flying freely above her, and she feels good about her dream journey ending, instead of sad for the island. No need to mourn for her old self. Hell, the whole setup for the game is her going on a quest for enlightenment after defeating Ganon. Well, I defeated Ganon like twice, but I don't. I still don't feel right. I'm going to go off in the boat by myself and think real hard about stuff. That's fucking trans as hell. Cannot be convinced. I cannot be convinced otherwise. She's seen so much and done so much for the world, being a selfless hero. Now she has time to take care of herself for self-reflection and for self-actualization. And she does it. She wins. I'm so proud of her. Good job, Link. You figured out you were a girl who likes girls and embraced it wholeheartedly. I'm so proud of you. Good job. So what's your take on this? So this is fun little headcanon. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I literally have nothing to add to it. Okay. I mean, maybe if I think about it for a minute. I think this is one of those cases where, I mean, we talk in the Link's Awakening episode where it's very much the case that they frame Link as the player, much more than in previous games. And Link is only referred to with masculine pronouns, I think, once or twice over the course of the game. And the story being about moving beyond that, you you could definitely read it that way. I mean, it, if you see, if you want to see a reflection of yourself in it, I think that's it's good. Right. It's a good take. Now, Kay, if you're listening to this, I do want to turn this around just a little bit and ask you a question. Because you mentioned in here that she's done with the island which represents the repression that's placed upon her and she's very happy to be done with it and she and the windfish are both free from it in this reading i'm curious about what the windfish is and what marin is since my understanding of marin is that she's a dream shared by the windfish and link that gains its own consciousness. This reading of Link's Awakening is interesting, and I think it's very reflective of the kind of eye that you can bring into these games. But it makes me curious because Link's dream, Link's interaction with the island is only half the story, and there's more that we can look at. And I'm wondering what the meaning past that is. Because I got nothing. 
yeah, write us in, Kay, if you have a response. Yeah, yeah, we'll read that. I, I, I would love to have that response. And you can put it in an email, so it doesn't have to be a tweet storm. Yeah, emails would definitely be better for questions longer than 140 characters. Yeah, send it to bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this is also from Jasmine. I'm hearing stuff in this first episode and absolutely hoping I could discuss things about it in person, since I'm a huge gay nerd who writes fanfics. The first fic I wrote in five years was in response to anger to the trans misogyny in Breath of the Wild, and hence my earlier tweet about headcanons contradicting canon. Oh, I'm sorry. The actual question itself is in the uh, subject line. It is, any plans to have a canon discussion discord? And the last line here is, uh, too long didn't read. I shift all the blame onto the king. The subtitle of my fic is, fuck you, old man. Yeah, the king sucks. Uh, he, 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 he was not prepared to be the kind of father that Zelda needed. Yeah, well, he's the king. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying he wasn't prepared. So as far as uh, Canon Discussion Discord goes, the Audio Entropy Network does have a fan Discord. You can find it as the pinned tweet on twitter.com slash audioentropy. And do you go to that Discord, Cameron? Um, I do not. I, yeah, I honestly don't check it that often either. But I'm scared I, of people. You know, you can definitely discuss Zelda Canon in there. We love Zelda. I don't Zelda. know that's uh, necessary to have a whole channel dedicated to it, but... Okay, I... T- I tell you what, um, I will pop into it from time to time, and if I'm in there at the same time as other people talking about Zelda, I'll talk about Zelda. Yeah, that's a good place to talk about Zelda, but honestly, if you want to reach me, the best place would probably just be Twitter. And if you want to have a discussion with me, it's also Twitter. Yeah, it seems like that's all of our questions. It's all the questions. You know what you should do is you should send us more questions. We love questions to Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com or to me on Twitter at Arcane Crystal. Or to me on Twitter at Cam Writer. Well, thank you very much for your questions, everyone. Next time we get a collection of letters, we'll do another one of these. Send in your questions and we'll read them. Unless they're very bad. No, we will read everything. Why would we read everything? We absolutely read shitpost questions on this very episode. I know we did, but I thought that was because we hadn't gotten a ton of them yet. We had enough to fill, like, over an hour. Yeah, but with the shitposts. You're telling me I didn't have to read the shitposts. No, you didn't. God damn it. Thank you.